Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast with John and Jonathan. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Yourself? Good. Today, we're going to talk about April stats. The April stats for 2023 are out. A little more interesting this month. We've been fairly bland on statistics for yeah. uh, for quite some time. So we have some standout stats that we're going to talk about that, that are, are A couple of wild cards. Can't say they're interesting uh, on the great side of things, but it, time will tell because it could be very good for our, our market. There's always a silver lining, right? There is. Well, we were talking about that before we got on. One of our jobs is to always look for the silver lining, not because we want to skew perception or anything like that, but there is almost always a silver lining to the statistics. There's always, and just life in general, I like to think. Oh, that's a good way of putting nice? it. I think that that's, that's great. Nice. Any right. day above ground is a good day. That's good. <laughs> that's what that's, I heard this past weekend. That's one know? of them. <laughs> so no, but seriously, I think because we have a very, very unique market relative to the rest of the country. And we have a very, very vibrant, very expensive real estate market. And so sometimes there are fluctuations. And sometimes, like you said, it's more of a slow and steady market. But last month was, I think... We've got some shake-up numbers. Very interesting shake-up numbers. So, so let's dive right in. Let's get into that. So the first statistic that we always talk about is contract signed. And that's the first one that's a little bit surprising for the month of April. So contract signs are down significantly year over year, 37%, month over month, 18%. So uh, the 5 million plus category, the highest category, fared the best out of those contracts signed. And when you look at it on a... a, a pricing standpoint, you break them up by price categories, but certainly not a great statistic to see. There's some pullback, of course, part of the April numbers coming down. Uh, it typically does come down about 5% when we look at, uh, when we average out the last 10 years. So that was a bit of a surprise to me as we looked through the numbers and such. So, but we're down, you know, 18%. So over three times as, as uh, a big of a change percentage wise. So, of course, I think the the downturn in April is probably due to the holidays. We have Easter and Passover, which are our sizable holidays here in the city. So when you say when you say contracts down eighteen uh, percent month over month, you know what do you attribute that to? Be outside of seasonality, you know, in the holidays. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, we would so we would say five percent a five percent pullback is the seasonality. Yeah. So that's why we average out those ten years. Okay, seasonality. How does that affect and what do we normally see? The pullback, honestly, it's it's hard to to pigeonhole. We have obviously we have interest rates that are still in people's minds, even if it's not affecting them. And I think that's why we're seeing the five million plus category fare a little bit better, is because people typically that statistic itself doesn't affect them as much or not as likely to affect them. We were talking about prior, but they may be affected by other things that people that aren't affected by mortgage interest rates are are not affected by affected by. So we now have 7,877 listings on the market. Okay, that was at the end of April. So that's an increase between March and April of over 1,700 units that came on the market. 1,757 hit the market in April. And I could sense that as we were listing, 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 and then other fellow colleagues were saying, hey, what do you? What's your read on the marketplace? I have I have more listings than I've ever had. That kind of thing, and they're quiet. Yeah. 
So whenever I start to hear buyers, hear the brokers come to me and say, oh, we have more listings hitting the market and we're listing, listing, listing. So that told me that the inventory numbers have increased. So just to break them down, so it's a 13% increase year over year in inventory, which is not exorbitant, but between March and April of this year, almost 30% increase in inventory. Now, historically saying, uh, historically speaking, at 7,800 units on the market, that's not an incredibly a huge volume of inventory on the market. Yes, we were we were actually suffering from lower inventory, so the fact that we have 7,800 units is actually a positive for our market. It gives buyers more choice. Where it becomes complicated is for the sellers who are on the market, whose apartments are not selling. When we have a pullback in the number of contracts going to, uh, apartments going to contract, and, an, and a significant increase in inventory month over month, it's a wake-up call to the sellers. So if the apartments are being shown with no offers, we as brokers must counsel the sellers that if they're not, depending on what their goal is, obviously, if their goal is to quote unquote test the market, this is not what we're seeing the kind of market to do so, a rising market. And if they are serious about selling their apartments, they're going to have to seriously consider a sizable price reduction to get the apartment sold. Yeah. Now there can be a flip side to that, which is like I mentioned uh, about buyers having enough data points and enough things to see in order to get them over that hump to actually commit to something. So there can be a number of ways that this positively affects our market. Of course, if you have an apartment that's as a seller that's been sitting there, you know, the, the problem is the longer you're on the market, the less it's worth. It's sort of immaterial what the market as a whole is doing, unless there's a significant, you know, weird change that just, just really just jolts our, our market into action. But, but there can be a number of positive effects from that. My concern is that at the same time we saw all this inventory happening, uh, coming on the market, we saw a pullback, a signif more significant pullback on the contract sign. Now that can be a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. That can be a windup to a very active market again and and buyers jumping back in thinking okay i thought i had all this time um now there's more options which are going to bring just logically thinking about it, it is going to bring more buyers to the table because if you if you put yourself in the buyer's seat and you say okay they're online they're looking at you know the respective websites out there to see what's out there to look at and they don't really see much out there to even entice them enough to get out there and start looking at places and now through the month of april they've started to see places that are like okay now their interest has peaked a little bit more and it may be enough to get out there and look at places still may not result in a sale uh, in a transaction but it at least gets them out there walking through spaces which is the next step to getting excited enough to actually spending the money so i, I think it, the silver lining is are, are, is the fact that there will be more options for people. It's just, is that a silver lining for sellers? Is it a silver lining for buyers? Is it a silver lining for the market as a whole? And it kind of just depends on where you where you land on the spectrum. And I, I, <clears throat> I think that it's, it could be a silver lining for both, but everybody has to revise their expectations. So uh, sellers are not going to be able to maybe achieve the price that they set out to achieve initially on the marketplace, but they reduce, they bring it to a market where the buyers are, are offering 
albeit we've seen. We've seen uh, some sellers hold back in terms of reduction, and they've gotten a significantly lower offer, and we've counseled the seller, and they've taken our, our guidance, so they've made the deal, and we've helped them to do that, and they've been rewarded. And then we've seen other sellers who have not reduced price and their apartments sitting on the market. And then the last one is the sellers who did take our counsel, reduced significantly enough where the market responded, and then the buyers jumped in. Yeah. So, And I will throw in the caveat of the crystal ball. N no agent out there has it. No. So, you know, and we, we tell, we're very open book with our sellers and we tell them, listen, we could reduce the price and it, we could be in a similar position. You know, we don't make the market. We can't force buyers to come and even see places or much less make a bid on them. So, but if you have, if you've seen interest wane significantly, even in showings or even inquiries, asking questions, is this available? Is the washer dryer, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, if you've even seen traffic from from that perspective go down, even from getting email questions about that particular listing, that's telling us something in and of itself. So I don't think that there's a, a quick response by the market in terms of what I was mentioning earlier about buyers having more data points. I think it may pull people into the market to start looking, but I think we'll see those effects over the next couple of months here. Without a doubt. As to, in terms of the actual numbers of contracts signed, Without et cetera. So by the end of the second quarter, yeah, then we'll, I think that we're really we'll going to better see indication a better indication at. of where we are at. Yeah, yeah. This needs to shake out. That's correct. Oh, I like that. Shake it out. Shake it out. Okay. So lastly, in terms of the luxury inventory numbers, over $5 million, just to wrap up the inventory, we've actually seen a slight decrease year over year in inventory numbers and month over month. So, so that would tell, tell us that, you know, they're not significant changes, but the and it's a luxury much market, data pool, but much smaller data pool, but, but it's faring better than there. the overall market yeah. and continuing. And now our, my oh, favorite part, your favorite. which I'm desperately wanting to talk about, but I'm going to turn over to you, would be our days on market. Yeah. So interestingly enough, the days on market. I'm just going to watch you like this. <laughs> <laughs> so we're actually up uh, year over year by 16% and down 12% month over month. So from March of, of this year. So again, always hard to decipher. Well, what does that really mean? Because uh, that, that statistics locked in once we go to contract. I think what it tells me mostly is that the things that are trading that we're seeing trade the quickest these days are apartments that are firing on all cylinders. So they have to have a really nice renovation with mass appeal. They have to have a good location, nice view and light. It, it really, and it needs the most importantly, it still needs to come on the market at a competitive price relative to the comparable apartments, the most recent apartments that have traded in the building and outside the building. And if you're not firing on all those cylinders, chances are the apartment is generally speaking, going to take a little bit longer to sell. But those are the ones that we're seeing. And we've had this on our listings and with our buyers even experience some bidding situations. Well, that locks in a very short days on market. And all those other apartments that you referenced earlier when we talked about the inventory and such, we have a big 
stock of inventory that's been sitting there for a while. Well, that day, days on market statistic hasn't been locked in yet. So if the majority of the ones that are going to contract are the ones that just came on the market, then it's logical to me that the days on market figure is actually going to come down. But again, there's lots of caveats to that and ins and outs, and it's, it's hard to say that's definitively the case. But I think Trend-wise, that makes sense because the numbers of real buyers that are going to step up and actually execute a contract is so low, you got to be the bright, shiny object that has mass appeal. So as many of those buyers are looking for your product. I think we're in for... Um Interesting. I think interesting. Ever... Interesting second second quarter, May and June, and we are... It ain't our first time at the rodeo, so we're in it for the long haul. And uh, there's never a bad time to purchase a piece of Manhattan real estate. That's my plug for optimism. How's that? That's very optimistic. So with that, thank you all for being a great part of uh, Real Talk with John and Jonathan. Uh, for now, be healthy, safe, and most of all, remain in gratitude, and we will see you next month. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching or listening to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast. If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, gestaskaconlinteam.com. Or you can find us on all social media with the handle at gestaskaconlinteam. If this show was helpful, entertaining, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.